0: This is The Road Less Traveled, presented by Nikki Shea. G'day everyone, welcome to this week's edition of The Road Less Traveled. A warm welcome to you if you're just joining us for the very first time. Welcome along to The Road Less Traveled, where we go upon many adventures. A bit of sightseeing, whether it's an overnight trip that you're planning, a weekend away, maybe a week or as I always say, the big lap around Australia, you've come to the right place. This is the road less travelled. And this week we are going back to Melbourne and a little bit of Australian history. Before we get to that, if you'd like to interact with the show, you can do so by dropping me an email, which is fatcat at iinet.net.au. You can SMS or give me a phone call on 042 752 8467 and you can follow us on social media on Facebook and Instagram and our website is fatcatmedia.com.au. Now a couple of episodes back on the road less travelled, we looked at the Port City of Port Melbourne and Port of Melbourne, in a uh, episode of the Road Less Travelled. This week, we returned back to that suburb, and in particular, Fisherman's Bend. And what particular interest is Fisherman's Bend and Fisherman's Bend and the history of it? Have a listen to this, and it might just give you a hint of what we're going to be talking about this week. Holden, Australia's own car. Australia, what's your favourite sport? Football. Snack. Pies. Animal. Kangaroos. And what's your favorite car, Australia? Holden. Let me see. That's football, meat pies, kangaroos, and Holden cars, huh? Right. Well, you sure sound like Australia to me. Here we are. Well, then you better tell me again, because I just might forget. We love football, meat pies, kangaroos, and Holden cars. Football, meat pies, kangaroos, and Holden cars. That's football, meat pies, kangaroos, and holding cars. Football and meat pies, kangaroos, and holding cars. I think you better tell me again. We love football, meat pies, kangaroos, and holding cars. In case you're wondering, this film is brought to you by football, meat pies, kangaroos, and Australia's own car. They go together, underneath the sun and stuff. Now, if like me, you're a kid of the 70s and 80s, you would certainly remember that, the um, Australian football f- meat pies, kangaroos and Holden cards ad, is one of Australia's advertising's most catchy jingles but it actually wasn't an original idea um, in fact it was derived from a Chevrolet TV commercial in the US it was also used to sell Holdens in South Africa. The Holden jingle we love football, meat pies, kangaroos and Holden cards was adapted from Chev in the US with the slang that said we love baseball, hot dogs, apple pie and Chevrolet and both ads were designed to tug at the heartstrings of patriotic customers. For Holden The campaign helped drape the brand in the Australian flag rather than being seen as an American company, as was with the case of its arch rival being Ford. Originally written in the US, the tune was so catchy it was also used by Chev in South Africa as well to sell the Australian-made Holden Kingswoods. In the advertisements, uh, the narrator said, sure sounds like Australia, America, South Africa to me. And the marketers and marketing experts um, say that car companies wouldn't be able to get away with using the same sort of jingle for different countries and brands today. And, of course, this ad was certainly before Facebook, before YouTube, before the internet, and customers didn't really, let alone care. The ad also reflected, I guess, our intense pride in those cars in the early days. Imported cars were derided as sort of buzz boxes versus the big Aussie V8s. And I guess now, buyers no longer warm to the Aussie-made message. Uh, build Aussie tough, Aussie conditions used to actually mean something, but consumers certainly figured out that Aussie-made often means more expensive and possibly not very well built. And plenty of research over the years shows that there's very few areas Australian-made that has an advantage over imported products. Australian fresh food, wine and craft beer ranks well with customers, but imported beer ranks higher than the local beers these days. So this week we're at Fisherman's Bend, located on the south of the Yarra River near the suburb of Port Melbourne and opposite Cood Island. Fisherman's Bend has a significant place in Australian aviation history, being the home of several prominent historical Australian aircraft design and manufacturing companies, including the Commonwealth Aircraft Corporation, General Motors Holden, Smorgan Steel, the Government Aircraft Factories, the Aeronautical Research Laboratory and regional facilities for Boeing. Now, where I am actually at the moment, Fisherman's Bend, obviously in the car, but if you go into Fisherman's Bend underneath the Westgate Bridge, and it's bordered by Lorimer Street, Todd Road, Salmon Street, you'll see street names uh, such as um, Avro, there's uh, Wirraway, and other various names. But this week, we're going to be talking a little bit about Fisherman's Bend and the history behind some of the iconic names in Australian aeronautical engineering and motor vehicle engineering as well. Fisherman's Bend Aerodrome actually remained in use until 1957. Other previous industries included the car manufacturers, Australia Australian Motor Industries and the Roots Group. GKN Aerospace Aerospace Engineering Services and a campus of RMIT University dedicated to aerospace engineering there. So Fisherman's Bend originally included the area now known as Garden City, which was renamed in 1929. Now, from the 1850s, the lower reaches of the Yarra River, known then as Humbug Reach and Fisherman's Bend, were occupied by fishermen of European descent. Some 30 families lived on the bend, frequently finding additional work in the docks and cargo ships and loading ballast for ships returning to Europe. Habitation was in rough shacks along the bend made from corrugated iron, flattened kerosene tins or wood. There were no roads, shops or sewerage, and water was collected by hanging out sail canvases and stored in iron tanks or cask milk came from a nearby farm. Fishing continues on the bay but today only two fishing licences belong to descendants of those early pioneer settlers. The last remaining shack on the bend was demolished in 1970 to make way for Webb Dock. The new Surf Life Saving Headquarters stand on the site. Now, Fisherman's Bend is a primarily industrial centre towards and around the foot of the Westgate Bridge and contains major establishments for the Defence Science and Technology Organisation, Holden Australia, Boeing, the Cooperative Research Centre for Advanced Composite Structures, Kraft Foods, Port Security and the Herald and Weekly Times. It also has a marina known as Deborah Marina's Pier 35 and the Dock Motor Vehicle Offloading Facility and Planned Container Terminal. Fisherman's Bend has a single large reserve known as Westgate Park and a large artificial wetland surrounding the Westgate Bridge approaches. The state government's Fisherman's Bend Urban Renewal Area Vision, that plan aims to attract 40,000 jobs and 80,000 residents to the area by 2050. Now, well known Melbourne personality Mike Brady, he spent his first months in Australia at Fisherman's Bend Migrant Hostel after arriving as a child with his family from England in 1959. His experience of life in the hostel is described in a colourful way by Noel Delbridge in his book Up There Mike Brady. A blind man could describe the scene because the inescapable odours of Port Melbourne are penetrating the tiniest chinks in the bus doors and windows. It's an obnoxious smelling cocktail of animal, vegetable and chemical waste. To the south of the hostel is the Port Melbourne tip, permanently burning the rotting garbage deposited from homes and nearby vegetable and fish markets. The prevailing wind drives the sour smoke over the hostel. The Brady's accommodation was in large corrugated iron hut divided into four flats, each flat having three rooms, a living room in the middle and a bedroom at each. So the history of Holden actually dates back to 1856 when James Alexander Holden started as a saddlery business in Adelaide in South Australia at Woodville. The firm evolved over the years and in 1908 it moved into the automotive field repairing car upholstery then the full-scale production of vehicle body shells before becoming a subsidiary of the United States-based General Motors in 1931. The company was named General Motors Holden Limited becoming Holden Limited in 1998 and the current name was adapted in 2005. Throughout the 1920s Holden also supplied tram cars for Melbourne and in 1931 the two companies merged to become General Motors Holden Limited. In 1936 Holden opened a new HQ and assembly plant in Salmon Street Fisherman's Bend here in Port Melbourne. Holden's second full-scale car factory was completed in 1936, with construction beginning in 1939 on a new plant in Pagewood in New South Wales. However, World War II delayed car production with efforts shifted to the construction of vehicle bodies, field guns, aircraft and engines. Before the war ended, the Australian government took steps to encourage the Australian automotive industry. Both General Motors and Ford provided studies to the Australian government outlining the production of the first Australian-designed car. Ford's proposal was the government's first choice, but it required substantial financial assistance. GM's study was ultimately chosen because of its low level of government intervention. After the war, Holden returned to producing vehicle bodies, this time for Buick, Chevrolet, Pontiac and Vauxhall. The Oldsmobile Ace was also produced from 1946 to 1948. So from here, Holden continued to pursue the goal of producing an Australian car. This involved compromise with GM as Holden's managing director, Lawrence Hartnett. He favoured development of a local design, while GM preferred to see an American design as the basis for Australia's own car. In the end, the design was based on a previously rejected post-war Chevrolet proposal. The Holden was launched in 1948, creating, what well, I guess we could say long waiting list extending through 1949 and beyond. The name Holden was chosen in honour of Sir Edward Holden, the company's first chairman and grandson of J.A. Holden. Other names considered was G.E.M., Austral, Melba, Woomera, Boomerang, Emu and Canberra, a phonetic spelling of Canberra. Although officially des- designated the 48215, the car was marketed simply as the Holden. The unofficial usage of the name FX originated within Holden, referring to the updated suspension on the 48- 48215 of 1953. So Holdens came of age with World War Two, with a large increase in manufacturing capacity, primarily at Fisherman's Bend the sheet metal parts were being stamped at Woodville in South Australia using body-making facilities from the Holden Body Works plant. After the war, a large assembly area at Fisherman's Bend used to assemble planes and tanks, etc., led to the plant being chosen as the place a future Australian car sold under the Holden brand name would be designed and built. Their foundry and machine shop facilities, which had been used to make aircraft engines during the war, were expanded to make what would become known as the grey motor, which would of course power the new car, the 48215. Body panels were made at Woodville and shipped over, and as sales expanded in the 1950s, another assembly site was needed, so Pagewood in New South Wales was established. As the need for spare parts arose in the late 1950s, a Dandenong site was purchased in Melbourne. After GM took over at Bedford in the UK, Bedford trucks began to be assembled from imported components in new facilities in Swanbourne in Perth in WA and at Birkenhead in Adelaide. Sales kept expanding and an upgrade of facilities at Fisherman's Bend allowed the development and the subsequent manufacture of the red motor and the replacement of imported components by in-house manufactured ones. By the late 1960s, a site was purchased in Brisbane and a new plant built at Acacia Ridge. The Assembly of CKD Chevrolets and Bedfords commenced there following an Assembly of Turaners, later followed thereto by Geminis. The Assembly of Commodores started at Acacia Ridge with the VC Commodore. Dandenong was the main site used to build early Commodores as well as Turaners and became the centre for design, vehicle management and planning. The Elizabeth plant in South Australia came online in 1965 when the Birkenhead plant closed at this time, and this was used to manufacture seats, interiors, body frames for Isuzu trucks as well as the vehicle assembly. Insiders who worked for GMH at the time have said that the whole operation had become a logistical nightmare, and attempting to build an increasing expanding range of makes and models perhaps led to the car manufacturing giant losing its way. No cars were produced at Fisherman's Bend since the mid-1950s when the Dandenong factory became a vehicle assembly plant. The last Holden to roll off the Dandenong assembly line was a VL Commodore in 1987. Toyota then took over the Dandenong assembly line for their cars, although Holden still used Dandenong for their only spare service parts warehouse worldwide. Toyota car production ended in Dandenong around 1999 and the vehicle assembly plant was knocked down for a huge WU warehouse built for Holden Service Parts organisation, which was the only distribution centre for Holden parts all over Australia and the world. Holden remained the market leader until the 1990s when it was first challenged by Ford, then Toyota. In the 2000s decade, Holden's market share dropped from 27.5% in 2000 to 15.2% in 2006. From March 2003, Holden no longer held the number one sales position in Australia, losing ground to Toyota. Although Holden's involvement in exports had fluctuated since the 1950s, the declining sales of large cars in Australia has led the company to look at international markets for increased profitability. Holden, of course, announced on the 11th of December 2013 that local manufacturing would cease by the end of 2017 and that the company would continue to have a large and ongoing presence in Australia importing and selling cars as a national sales company. It committed at that time to retaining its design centre but with reduced staffing. In July 2015, Holden began selling off sections of this here 38-hectare manufacturing plant at Fisherman's Bend. The company believed that the final return of the sale of its Fisherman's Bend plant would be around $200 million. The assets included 16 hectares of factory floor and numerous open-air car parks on land that has increased in value from the industrial precinct approaches and now imminent change to residential use. So, following GMH ceasing production in Australia in 2017, the vacated Fisherman's Bend buildings are wi- are going to be restored as boutique home office spaces, and the car maker will retain office functions at the modern 191 to 197 Salmon Street building, where designers penned America's highly reviewed Buick Avenir. Now the former Art Deco Holden headquarters in Port Melbourne were sold for $28.25 million to private equity real estate group Altus Property Partners in 2014. These historic buildings were built for General Motors Holden as its headquarters in 1936 when the company bought 20 hectares of the former swampy wasteland at Fisherman's Bend to build, of course, its car factory. Holden occupied the buildings until 2005 when it moved to its current headquarters in Salmon Street. Building materials group Borrell and the US bicycle manufacturer Specialized then leased one of the former GMH headquarters buildings. The warehouse space at Salmon Street was leased back to Holden. So the administrative buildings, which you can still see here today, are an important example of 1930s architecture in unaltered condition, although they have been painted, and they have a formal garden in front. The extensive two story buildings and three story tower were built from from reinforced concrete, and each corner on the buildings features a group of five raised vertical strips, originally painted in a contrasting colour to provide highlights with incised vertical sections between the windows. The exterior design, with its Art Deco styling and motifs, was the work of a talented architect, but it's unclear who was actually responsible. The building is classified by the National Trust, which means that it has been recognized for its cultural heritage significance. We'll take a break here on the Road Less Travel, and when we come out, we'll find out more of what has actually been manufactured at Fisherman's Bend. Back with more in just a moment. You're listening to the Road Less Travel Podcast. Fat Cat Media has over 25 years within motorsport media and marketing. Fat Cat Media has the proven knowledge and expertise to help your next event. We have a variety of services available, they are including West MX Coaching and Development Schools where we conduct schools and clinics across various metropolitan and country clubs throughout Australia. We cater our motocross coaching for beginners right through to intermediate junior riders. The coaching clinics are solely created and catered and also designed for smaller numbers to effectively support each rider and hone in on their particular requirements. Whilst our schools are designed for two days right through to five day camps with multiple Motorcycling Australia accredited coaches giving individual coaching, drills, training, development and feedback throughout the duration. Our prices for coaching start at $150. Fat Cat Media has over 25 years within motorsport media and marketing. Fatcat Media has the proven knowledge and expertise to help your next event. We have a variety of services available. They are including West MX Coaching and Development Schools, where we conduct schools and clinics across various metropolitan and country clubs throughout Australia. We cater our motocross coaching for beginners right through to intermediate junior riders. The coaching clinics are solely created and catered and also designed for smaller numbers to effectively support each rider and hone in on their particular requirements. Whilst our schools are designed for two days right through to five day camps with multiple Motorcycling Australia accredited coaches giving individual coaching, drills, training, development and feedback throughout the duration. Our prices for coaching start at $150. With consultancy and advice, Fat Cat Media creates and caters for a variety of platforms whether it be as a racer or for those within the motorcycle and motorsport industry. Have you considered the future? It is important to focus on what's ahead, well is it? Absolutely yes. How do you expect to move forward if you have no benchmark, no goals, no achievements and no strategic plan and direction on how to achieve your goals in the industry? It's mind-bogglingly crazy how folks will fork out thousands of dollars on motocross bikes, equipment and gear, yet have no clear plan on how to execute, execute their racing year. Prices start at $130. Be inspired with our seminars and motivational speaking. We really enjoy and receive a lot of satisfaction and overwhelming feedback in conducting seminars. This involves giving motivational speeches and inspiring people to challenge themselves and become better at what they want to become better at. Relying on years in the media plus a life-changing health issue, Nikki will challenge and transform her audiences. If you truly and honestly want to help someone reach their true potential, stop answering all their questions and solving all their problems. Prices start at $130. With over 15 years commentating throughout Western Australia and Australian motocross and motorsports, FatCat Media prides itself on providing sound industry knowledge plus versatile media experiences, and our commentators can interpret what's happening on and off the track with reliable information obtained from within the industry when it happens and as it happens. FatCat Media's trackside commentators have the ability to develop a perspective on the subject through research, experience, interviews, and of course by attending events prices start at $150. Do you have a race resume? Step one of obtaining sponsorship is a res- race resume and write a biography. Take advantage of our professional writing and massive mailing list of media outlets and sporting companies. You can complement this with professional photography, video or audio clips to send out to potential sponsors or partners. Whilst we do not go out and obtain sponsorship for you, a race resume is the first step for you to build relationships and foster ongoing partnerships with potential sponsors. Prices start at $150. For further information, head to fatcatmedia.com.au or drop us an email, fatcat at iinet.net.au. You're listening to the Road Less Travelled podcast with Nikki Shea. Now, as we went, welcome back, as we went to the break, I told you um, some of the other manufacturing that went on at Fisherman's Bend. And at the bottom end of Lorimer Street in the shadows of the Westgate Bridge, there's a series of streets that reflect one of the key industries, I guess, that's helped occupied the area since the mid-1930s. Although now part of the city of Melbourne, these streets are named after Aircraft associated with the Commonwealth Aircraft Corporation and the Government Aircraft Factories on Fisherman's Bend and are therefore interlocked with Port Melbourne's industrial past. The Commonwealth Aircraft Corporation, or CAC as we'll call it, was established in 1936 as a private enterprise to provide Australia with the capacity to produce military aircraft. With government encouragement, it was created with the involvement of several Australian companies, including GMH and BHP. Just before the outbreak of the war in 1939, the Commonwealth Government also set up its own aircraft factory on Fisherman's Bend known as the Department of Aircraft Production, DAP, which subsequently became the Government Aircraft Factories GAF at the end of the war. The 1980s saw the start of major changes for CAC and GAF. The CAC became a subsidiary of Hawker de Havilland in 1985 and was renamed the Hawker de Havilland Victoria Limited the following year. GAF was renamed as Aerospace Technologies of Australia in 1987, known as ASTA, and subsequently privatised in 1995 and shortly afterwards was acquired by Boeing Australia. In the early 2000s, Boeing Australia also acquired Hawker de Havilland, bringing two separate Fisherman's Bend aircraft factories under the Boeing umbrella. Now, very little remains of CAC and GAF along Lorimer Street today, although Boeing still maintains a presence as Boeing Aerostructures Australia. And there are rather the street names that recall the aircraft associated with the area in particular. Avro Lincoln Road. The Avro Lincoln was a British four-engine heavy bomber. The Royal Australian Air Force version was manufactured at GAF. There was also Beaufort Place, which of course is named after the Bristol Beaufort, which is a British twin-engine torpedo bomber manufactured at DAP during World War II for use by the Royal Air Force and the RAAF. And Canberra Street, the English Electric Canberra, was a British jet bomber. 48 of those were assembled at JF for the RAAF. Hornet Drive, the McDonnell Douglas F-A-18 Hornet, of course, is a twin-engined supersonic uh, combat jet. The RAAF purchased 57 of these fighters and 18 of the F-A-18B two-seat trainers. The first two aircraft were manufactured in the US, with the remainder being assembled at GAF from McDonnell Douglas Parts. The General Electric F-404 engine used in the F-A-18 Hornets assembled at GAF was produced under licence at CAC. There's also Jindavik Way. The GAF Jindavik was a radio controlled target drone produced at GAF. The Jindavik was used for missile target practice at Woomera in South Australia, amongst other places. There's also a Mackie Street. The Ermackie or the Mackie MB326 is an Italian designed military jet trainer. Now, the RWF ordered 97 of these trainer aircraft, 12 were delivered by Machi, 18 A- A- were assembled in Australia from kits, and the remaining 67 were built by CAC on Fisherman's Bend and Hawker aircraft in England. The RWF's aerobatic team, the Roulettes, they flew these Marachi MB-326H through the 1970s and the 1980s. Makara Lane. The Makara was one of the earliest guided anti-tank missiles. It was jointly decide, designed by Australia and the United Kingdom in the early 1950s, and it was manufactured at Fisherman's Bend and Ferry Engineering Limited in the UK. Mirage Way. The Dassault Mirage 3 refers to a single, to rather, to a series of single-engine fighter aircraft. They were developed and manufactured by French aircraft company Dassault Aviation. GAF built the Mirage under license for the RWF using the Senigma Alta engine produced by CAC, also under license. You can also drive or walk down Nomad Street, named after the GAF Nomad, which was a twin-turbo-prop utility aircraft produced by GAF. It was designed in the late 1960s and used by the RAAF in the 1970s and 80s. The Royal Flying Doctor Service also used the GAF Nomad aircraft out of their Broken Hill base in the 1970s and the 1980s. There's Picker Lane, the GAF Picker was manually controlled prototype produced as a proof of concept for the GAF Jindavik radio controlled target drone. Sabre Drive The CAC Sabre or the Avon Sabre is the Australian variant of the North American Aviation F-86F Sabre fighter. It was redesigned and built by CAC, CAC equipping five RWF planes in the 1950s and the 1960s. My favourite drive is Wirraway Drive. The CAC Wirraway was a training and general purpose military aircraft manufactured by CAC between 1939 and 1946. It was an Australian variant of the North American NA-16 training aircraft. So as you can understand, there's a lot of history around the Fisherman's Bend area from motor vehicle production with GMH, General Motors Holden right through the war years when they produced uh, Australian design and manufactured aircraft, all at Fisherman's Bend. And as I mentioned earlier, the redevelopment of the precinct is the State Government of Victoria pumping in a massive amount of money and the iconic main buildings at Fisherman's Bend are earmarked to become part of a new University of Melbourne uh, engineering precinct. The concept is slowly evol- evolving and shows great promise. Easily included would be a new museum dedicated to exploring the technologies and all also the impact on our lives that grew from all the manufacturing of cars, trucks, trains, ships, aircraft and bicycles in the area. And as we know around the world, transport museums now are a major tourism drawcard. You can imagine riding a restored vintage tram from Docklands to Fisherman's Bend and after touring the Transport Museum, then floating onto Science Works on a historic steam-powered ferry or something like that. The iconic Holden and Ford factory car collections and many other historic vehicles and uh, will be featured along the Cutting Edge Design Studio. So have the, if you have the chance, drop down to Fisherman's Bend and have a drive and a bit of a wander around the, the area. And the former Commonwealth Aircraft Corporation factory was at 344 Lorimer Street and 231 Tod Road in Port Melbourne. Uh, it was constructed from 1937 to manufacture of course military aircraft. The only remaining buildings of the extensive factory are a section of sort of sawtooth factories to the west which are now part of the Hawker de Havilland Boeing and four hangars to the eastern end of the former factory at the corner of Lorimer Street and Todd Road. These hangars dating back from the Second World War comprise one US uh, made butler hangar and three British designed Bellman hangars. The remaining butler hangar is one of two erected in 1940 For the assembly and the flight testing of US aircraft. The other one was relocated out of Victoria in 1943. After World War II, the facilities were, they did continue with manufacturing and assembling of aircraft, and uh, it was open to the public uh, once a year uh, from 1948 to 1958 um, for viewing of the factory complex and the static and flying display of aircraft. The aerodrome was uh, the location for a public car and motorcycle racing. Uh, sort of precinct in 1949 to 59. They used the main airstrip and three kilometre perimeter road and the Commonwealth Aircraft Corporation was taken over in 1986. The majority of its buildings were demolished between 2003 and 2004. Westgate Park now occupied occupies occupies part of the former lands there. The aerodrome's runway became Todd Road with the taxi runway becoming Wharf Road and a legacy of the past is found in the names as I mentioned earlier, some of the streets in the area Sabre Drive, Railway Drive, Canberra Drive, etc. The railway line which serviced industry in the area remains but it's no longer used and it's not connected to the suburban rail system. It branched off the Port Melbourne line where Graham Street Light Rail Station is today through now what is Garden City Reserve. It then ran down the middle of Howe Parade, linking up with the remnants of the line to the west of Todd Road before swinging right following Wharf Road. Todd Road and then Lorimer Street upon reaching the river. The railway line, as I said, follows Todd Road, which was the actual aerodrome's runway. So a little bit of useless information for you there. Hope you've enjoyed a little bit. I can't do so much in half an hour, about Fisherman's Bend in Victoria, as I mentioned, uh, for military aircraft um, being constructed during the war years, and, of course, Australia's first car manufactured, designed, and built here in Australia for GMH. That's all we've got time for on this week's edition of the Road Less Travel Podcast. Trust that you've enjoyed it. Love to hear your feedback. As always, you can drop me an email, fatcat at iinet.net.au. My name's Nikki Shea. You've been listening to the Road Less Traveled podcast and I hope to catch you somewhere out there very soon. Talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. Thanks for listening. The Road Less Traveled is presented by Nikki Shea and produced by Fat Cat Media.